this morning, as I want to take your attention towards the scriptures, I know uh, there are families within our church who are uh, sick and could not come, and I've been receiving a lot of messages about uh, uh, them and their family members, and especially my wife, Anisha, uh, the whole family could not come. They wanted to be with us today. My daughter has been a bit sick, and uh, last night we were all up uh, throughout because uh, we were you know, she was running temperature and definitely asked the church to keep all our families uh, in prayers so that may the Lord continue to bring his healing in their life. You know, anytime when we are sick, um, we always ask people to pray. We always will pray for our loved ones within our family. You know why we do that? Because it's the promise of God in the scriptures that the, the name of Jesus brings healing in our life. Are you with me, church? The name of Jesus brings healing in our conditions. No matter what we go through, what we take, uh, we can always come to the presence of God and say, God, I need a healing from you. In the New Testament, in the book of James, it actually mentions if there is anybody in your church who is not keeping well, what, what are you supposed to do? Call the elders of the house, lay hands on them and pray. It is the principle of God's word. We believe in healing. And everybody in this room who needs a physical touch of our Heavenly Father today, I believe today is a day that you will be touched by God and He will continue to honor you and celebrate. Last night, we had a very wonderful youth night here. Uh, we've been, I'm thankful for the youth ministry of our church who are taking us into a journey of mental health and its awareness and a healing process through it. I am thankful for all our young people who are joining in and may the Lord continue to bless all, all the work here. This morning, I want to talk to you and bring your attention towards uh, one word that the Lord has put in my heart, um, and, and, and it's the, the power of if, the power of these two letters put together, the power of if. A lot of times, um, you know, after maybe five years, ten years of us engaging in some sort of a work or some sort of a school activity or some sort of a business endeavor, some sort of a relationship, we have a, always, we actually look back to say, what if I had made a different decision back then? What if I had committed to do something else back then? The word if actually hinges on the purpose of your life. It actually opens doors for you into the unforeseen areas of your life. Maybe you're not yet seen it, but what if you made some changes May the Lord open those doors for you to witness and to see where he wants to take you into the next areas of your life. Today, as you pay attention, listen to this. There are no higher leverage point than these two letters if put together in your life. There are no leverage point. It's the greatest leverage of your life when you put these two letters together if I had changed. It defines our deepest regrets if only how many times have we looked back to say if only i had made those changes some husbands would say if only i didn't marry you oh no you didn't say that okay <laughs> if only we look back to say if only i made those changes it defines impossible circumstances in our life as if it's pregnant with infinite possibilities what if and it overcomes all refutations of life by saying, no ifs, no buts. I'm just going to do what the Lord is asking me to do here. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 is where I want to camp and take your attention to today. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 is a theme verse of my life 
and I get to preach and often mention this at many occasions wherever I am allowed to. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Probably you have heard this a million times and people who have prayed and lead prayer warriors in this room. The scripture talks to us about if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm sure there are so many people in this room or watching us online. We've heard this statement, heard this words at least once in our lifetime or more. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 is a beautiful scripture that allows us to think that I have a better tomorrow. That actually helps us to process through what I am facing currently and look to my future in the hope that in Christ Jesus, all things are possible. No matter what I am dealing with, no matter what I'm going through, no matter where I am surrounded myself with, but Romans chapter 8 verse 31 comes as a word of encouragement, comes as a word of prophetic statement into our pathetic situation presently where we can declare together in God. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, somebody. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and encourage that person. If God is for me, who can be against me? Come on. It's a prophetic statement in the house of the Lord. And I declare this as we state it out together. No matter whatsoever your neighbor is dealing with this season. But brothers and sisters, you are the voice of God in their life today. You are the prophet anointed and sent forth to deliver some captives free today. And we declare that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? amen. Praise Jesus. If God is for me, who can be against me? But if you look into that scripture, the way it starts is, you know, what shall we say in response to these things? That's how the scripture actually starts. A lot of times when we pray, we actually quote the second part of that scripture and never the first part. I've never heard anybody say or repeat in their prayer journals the first part of that scripture. What then? Shall we say in response to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? See, you can't just take one scripture out of context and preach something else. You have to go back into the, uh, the intent behind the whole scripture passage there. If not, what happens is we take scriptures out of the Old Testament, the New Testament, present to the people a monstrous figure. Right? We have to understand what the scripture talks to us in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? Now, when you have to understand what are these things being mentioned in the verse 31, you probably need to read all the scriptures, all the verses above in chapter number 8. When you read through chapter number 8, you see the prophetic statements of God. You see the blessing of God to his children, you know, in, 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 in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The things that are, uh, are mentioned here are, are dozens of amazing proofs of God's unfailing love in through the Bible, in the old, in the new, and in the world to come. Are you with me, church? Track with me, right? In verse 31, when you read through that, you understand all of God's unfailing love that has been mentioned in through the Old Testament, in through the New Testament, and also in the days to come in your life. 
Every single promise of heaven is to bless you, to prosper you, to anoint you, that you will not be afraid today, that you have a better future in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. You know, when you look through verse, uh, every single verse on, in chapter number 8, you understand that, you know, um, uh, 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 Romans chapter 8 contains many verses, cherished verses that comfort us. You know, you know um, Romans, uh, the verse 1, in 8 chapter, verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Have you read that scripture? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live a life of guilt anymore. You don't have to live a life of regret anymore. You don't have to live a life of thinking, what if I had changed the trajectory of my life 20 years ago? Brother and sister, where you are right now, you are at the right place to receive the grace of God. Where you are right now, you are at the right place to embrace the plan of God for today. Because your today is about to change for the future of many people to come to the saving knowledge of who Christ Jesus is. Hallelujah. For therefore, whoever is in Christ Jesus will no longer live in condemnation. What does it mean? I don't have to live in my whole life. I don't have to live in a life of pain and regret of what has walked out and who has walked out of it. If somebody walked out of your life 20 years ago, they were not meant to be in your life today. God who knows everything about you, even at the very end, He knows the beginning and at the beginning, He knows the end of our life, orchestrates our life, so that everything that happens in my life, I can go back to God and say, God, all things are made possible and all things are good in your sight. I don't have to live a life of condemnation anymore. Are you with me, church? This morning, I'm encouraging my church, the prophetic statement. It's an encouragement to everybody seated here. There is no sin in your life that can ever keep you away from the presence of God. There is nothing that you have done that can keep you away from the love of our Heavenly Father, our good Father, our Heavenly Father, our wonderful God. He is waiting for our children to come back. And this morning, my message is, you don't have to live a life of condemnation anymore. He loves us lavishly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do not be ashamed of what you have done in the past. Be proud of what Jesus has done for you. Are you with me, church? Listen to this very carefully. Do not be ashamed of what you have done in the past. A lot of people, we live in a life of being shameful. We regret our life. Think about what if moments of our life. We live a life of regret. We live a life of shame. We live a life of, no, I don't want to be in that group anymore because of my past experiences. A lot of people shut themselves up from the community because of what has happened maybe five, ten years ago. But brothers and sisters listening to me today, you don't have to live a life of shame anymore because of what Christ has done on the cross. On the cross, He has purchased me. He has purchased me. He has purchased me so that I can be free in Christ Jesus. Free in my thought. Free in my image. The distorted image that sinful world has brought in my life. I don't have to live in that image anymore. When I look in the mirror, I see the image, the perfect image of Son, Jesus Christ in me. Hallelujah. Who do you see yourself in today? When you look to you yourself in the mirror some of us we wake up we go to the mirror and like oh my god is it really you 
We are shocked to see our share, but today I'm just encouraging some people here. You must see the perfect image of Christ in you because there is no condemnation that has gained power to pull you out of the grace of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When you look through Romans chapter 8, verse 1, I pray this will be a reminder, a prophetic word, a promise for you today and for your generations to come. I pray that as we dedicate our wonderful three babies in this room for generation to generation, I declare that our children will not live a life of condemnation. Our children will not live a life of guilt and shame anymore because there is freedom in Christ Jesus. You know, when you look into verse 28, you see, we know that in all things, God works for good for those who love Him. What a beautiful scripture. In all these things, verse 28, verse 28. You know, it, we know that in all things, God works for good. In all things, my painful experiences. My rejections and my failures. My sinful engagements that I've been part of. People who betrayed me. People who walked out of my life. Every single shut doors of my life. Everything that the enemy meant to harm me. But God just turned the tables around. Everything that the enemy meant to destroy my life. I declare under the sound of my voice today. The tables are being changed once again. By the grace of our heavenly father. Hallelujah. I don't have to live a life of shame. I don't have to live a life of fear no more because of the grace of Jesus that has kept me alive. Verse 28 helps us understand. We know in all these things, brothers and sisters listening to me, there are many things that are you attached to in your past life. There are many things that your self-conscious is attached to. Your mind, your thoughts are attached to a lot of failures and mishaps that has happened in your life. But today you can look at it and declare in all things, my God was orchestrating a new story in my life. Enemy, you have no control because of what God has done. He is beginning a new life and what he has taught her to do. No man can ever oppose it. And that's why Romans chapter 8 verse 31 comes as a prophetic statement. If God be for me, who can be against me? Brothers and sisters listening to me, I don't think you are here in this service by accident. I don't hear you are here in this service because somebody invited you. I believe it is the work of our Holy Spirit. Even if you are tuning in online today, I pray this word will come as a word of encouragement in your life, in whatever you're facing and you're failing right now. If God be for me, who can be against me? When we look into Romans chapter 8 verse 31, one of the things that we see there, God is for us. God is for us. Me. It's a bold statement. It's the innermost belief of who you are in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's your position in Christ that makes you declare God is for me. Not just if God is, but your belief in God made you say that God is for me. Today, I want to declare in this room, 
You're not a stranger to God. You're not a slave of sin. You're purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb. You're the son and the daughter of the living God. And that's why I have to declare, God is for me. And who can stand against? That very statement hinges on the very promises of God. And everybody in this room, we must believe the core of who you are. You must believe that you are no longer a slave to your past, but your son and daughter of Christ Jesus. He who has purchased you. And by that, you can make a bold statement. If God is for me, who can be against me? When you wake up every morning, when you, when you, before you walk into your school, your, your job, your, your meeting with friends or whatever you're trying to do that day, might be a hard day, might be a very impossible day, maybe a regular day, but I, I'm asking the church, maybe we can practice this. If God is for me, who can be against me today? World, you can put any challenges on my life. People, you can put whatever. You want to put me under the bus? You can try to do whatever. But if my God is for me, I am not afraid of you. I am not afraid of the wicked schemes of the enemy. I am not afraid to walk in spaces where I've never been before because I know my God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? You know what? As I was preparing this message and my conversations with some of my leaders and pastors and mentors in my life who speak life into my situation too. And they made me understand this and they, they made me tell this. And he said, you know, Pastor Justin, whenever you preach, you need to proclaim this. You know, I pray that generational, generational kings will rise up in this group. You might be a member of this church. You, you might be visiting us from Toronto or elsewhere. And I want to declare that under your ministry, generational kings will, should rise up who will plunder and take over what was meant to be ours. But in the long life of what sin has brought into the world, maybe you have seen yourself as a failure, but not any longer. Not any longer. Because I am here to declare what was mine is mine in Christ Jesus. I don't live a life of shame anymore. I don't live a life of condemnation anymore. In Christ Jesus, I am victorious. In Christ Jesus, I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. I've been praying. You know, last week, I was fasting and praying along with my family. And as we were spending some time in, in God's presence, the Lord told me to tell this and prophesy this into our church. That I pray that our generation will rise up who will be rulers of this nation. When I say rulers, the next generation of CEOs and, and, and company owners and, 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 and leaders. And, and I, pray, I pray people in authority will rise up from our generation. I prophesy right now over the young people. I prophesy that right now in my generation that we will not live a life of condemnation. We will no longer live a life of pain and regret. My God has brought me thus far not to leave me here. But he who has started a new work, he is able to bring it to completion in the name that is above every other name. Listen, the follow-up question, if God is for us, it's a, it's a rhetoric question. There are no answer to it. Simply means that there is nobody who can ever oppose the work of God. Do you know of anybody? Do you know of anybody who, you know, I was preaching in North India once, and I love this Hindi statement. Some of you who follow Hindi would say this, you know, Maka hua, aasta hua hai. 
I know a lot of our people didn't understand, but the Hindi lovers here, thank you. <laughs> there is no weapon, no personality, no thoughts, no government, no fashion, no form. Nothing has been ever born who can challenge the work of God. Oh, kings have come, rulers have come against him. Governments have tried to oppose the work of God. But even today, this word is alive. For generation to generation, if my Lord's coming back carries, this word is alive. It brings us together. It is the birthing ground of revival for every individual who comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Rulers have come destroying the work of God, opposing the work of God. Governments have rose up too. We see all around the world of what the enemy tries to do, but he's getting the medicine of his own today because I want to declare if God is for his church, Nobody can be against you. People listening to me today, maybe some leaders around the world, you might be going through a series of persecution. Put me on this camera. Let me prophesy over there right now. In Jesus' name, today from Zion Church at 1149, we declare a prophetic word, a word of encouragement over your life. If God is for His church, no plan of the wicked can ever withstand the work of God in your congregation. And I declare that over your organization, over your business. I declare that over your education. I declare that over every sanctions that you need to receive in Jesus' name, this is the season for it. Every document that were not in favor of you, I release an anointing that breaks the yokes of the enemy today. If God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. They might be against us, but they cannot be successful. Christian lives, a lot of people come to Christian life and follow the footsteps of Jesus because they think that they know struggles following Jesus. They think for somehow following Jesus is so good, which is, but it also comes with people, enemy who is always against you. They can be against you, but they will never be successful. Now, that's the belief I have in my God. No matter whosoever stands against, he will not be successful. Why? Because of the blood paid on the cross. Because he is the lion of Judah. The lamb that was slain, slain for you and me. But he is not just the lamb who is pitiful and filled with agony and deep anguish on the cross, but he's the same one who is the Lion of Judah. When he rises up, his enemies are scattered. When the Lord rises up, his enemies are scattered. They can be against you, but they will not be successful. Turn to your neighbor today and declare, my enemy is against me, but he cannot overcome me. Come on, this is a prophetic statement. Encourage your neighbor right now. Give them a high five. Turn around and Encourage somebody today. They cannot be over. They cannot be successful. My enemy cannot be successful. You know, Romans chapter 8 verse 31. Let me just quickly take you back into that scripture. Ro Romans chapter 8 verse 31 is an echo of the passages. Other passages mentioned throughout the scriptures. It's an echo. It's an, it's an overarching scripture that actually points out to the past scriptures in the Bible. Listen, Psalm 118 verse 6 says, 
The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? And I, as I'm going to read these scriptures, if you want to highlight it, highlight it on your, on your mobile app or your Bible, whatever you have right now with you, highlight it, write it down or memorize it, read it in your family prayer, in your personal prayer, because these are some prophetic declarations over your life. And the Lord asked me to share this truth with the church today. So Romans 8 verse 31, it's a, it's a collection of passages in the scriptures that you see, and it's an echo of all of those passages. Psalm 118 verse 6, the Lord is with me. Come on, somebody. How many of you believe the Lord is with you today? He's with you. He's with your family. He's with your children. He's with your business. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? Second Kings chapter 6, verse 16. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Elisha answered. Those who are with us is <laughs> more than those who are with, with them. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I, I'm fired up as I'm preaching this message today because I heard a voice from God. There are people, you're, you're being challenged today. You've been encouraged today. Second Kings verse, chapter 6, verse 16 says, put, put that on the screen. I want people to read that. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 16 says, don't be afraid, the prophet said. The, 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 the one who is with me, the, those who are with us is more than those who are against can I tell you, you might be the only one walking into a business deal, but always understand the one who is with you is more than the one in the room. You might be the only one in a room collected with all kinds of wicked thoughts, but you might be the one with God. You are an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Believe this today. I might be alone, but I'm never alone. Have you seen the entourage of heaven behind me? Have you seen the host of heaven leading me into places? You think I come by myself? David said, you think I come by myself? No, I come in the name of the almighty God. The one who has given me victory over the bear and the lion. And I will today destroy the work of Goliath in the name that is above every other name. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 16 is a prophetic statement. Those who are with us is more than. I want you to prophesy to yourself today. The one who is with me is more than the one in the world. The one is with my family is more than the one who is in the world. They can be against you, but they cannot be successful. Psalm 56 verse 9. My enemies will turn their back when I call for help. By this, I will know God is for me. You know what? In life's whatever challenge it is, even before you call 911, call God. I didn't hear an amen to that. <laughs> I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But listen, when you read through Psalm 56 verse 9, my enemies will turn their back when I call upon the name of the Lord. I don't have to go through anybody else to pray. I don't have to call the pastor to pray. I don't have to call anybody else, but I can access him directly. The confidence in my God, the relationship, my position in Christ calls me to be different. I cannot be like an ordinary person. 
I operate in a realm higher than the natural man can see and understand. My position in Christ demands that I start to operate in a realm higher, greater than a natural mindset can operate. I operate in a realm higher because I think my position in Christ has changed me forever. I can call him. I don't have to go through a secretary. I don't have to go, go through an HR, PR team, whatever. I don't have to DM on his social media to get his attention and his team to get notice of me. No, I don't have to do that. I just call God. And when I do so, my enemies will turn their back on me. And today I've declared this words over your life. No matter where you are situated yourself in, call the name of God personally. Call the name of God as a family. Call the name of God as a corporate. Never hesitate to do that. Your position in Christ demands communication with Him. Your position with your partner demands communication. Your position with your loved one, husband or wife, dad or mom, in whatever organization you are in, your position demands that communication, that dialogue. Our position in Christ demands it. When I call upon the Lord, my enemies will turn their back because they know I have a God that I serve. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 says, So we say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Repeat this after me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And the next scripture is, Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom I shall be afraid. Parents here who are dedicating their children, this is a message to our wonderful dads and mom and grandparents and family members gathered in this room. There are going to be life's challenges that our children are going through. Last night, as, 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 uh, you know, as parents, it was really tough for me and Anisha. We were up all night as we saw our uh, little daughter, you know, her temperature was rising at 104 and 0.5. And we were just praying over her and, you know, I was holding her and praying. I called my dad back in India and we're together praying for us because the first and foremost thing that we can do is call upon the name of the Lord. And we saw her temperature levels coming down. Because that's all we could do as parents, as, as a family. There are going to be challenges that you and me, we go through as family members. Racing about children. And I know there are experienced grandparents in this room. But no matter what the challenge is, we can always go back to our God. For He answers us. For He listens to us. He will never keep you away from the grace that He has shed for you and me, brothers and sisters. Listen, when we proclaim these scriptures, you must understand, if the Father is on our side, game on. If Christ is our, in our corner, the fight is fixed. And if the Holy Spirit is our tag team, bar the door, one victory in Christ Jesus. And this is a statement that I want to encourage you with today. If the Father is on our side, if the Father is on our side, game on. 
If Christ is on our corner, the fight is fixed. And if the Holy Spirit is our tag team, bar the door, you already have victory. Even before the fight begins, God has given you the victory. It's not that they cannot be against you. They will come against you. But the position you are in Christ Jesus gives you victory already. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. I love this scripture. Favorite passage in the whole book, right? It's a story about uh, three Hebrew friends of Daniel. What are the names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They are in captivity right now. And there's an evil king that has come and made an edict that these guys must worship the big golden statue that the king has put himself off. And they must worship. But the Hebrew guys, what they do? They denied to worship that. They chose to not to defile the name of God by worshiping a statue made by this evil king. But when you read through 16, 17, and 18, let me read. Let me take your attention to it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew boys, replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And you know what the matter is, right? You know the matter. Verse 17, li listen to it. If we are thrown, listen to it. It starts with the if statement that I mentioned very early on in my message. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18. But even if he does not. Oh, come on, somebody. Even if he, see, the statement if, the word if can actually swing on both sides. If he does, if he does not do it. Read verse 18. Your position in Christ makes you declare things that are obvious when you make some bold statements. But even if he does not. We want you to know your majesty that we will not. No matter what you offer me, no matter what you give me, no matter what you persecute, the level of persecution rise against me. But even if my God does not show up here, we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you have set up. Brothers and sisters listening to me. We can make a bold statement saying, if God is for us, who can be against us? But the price paid is the commitment you take. Let that thought sink in. The price paid is the commitment you make and you declare, I am not going to worship an evil image that no matter whosoever plants in my life, I will not bow down to an evil image. I will not bow down to an evil thought. I will not have an evil idol in my life of any sake because God is for me and the price paid is my commitment to serve God in the midst of every challenges. In the midst of everything that looks lucrative. A gold image. No, I'm not going to surrender myself to that. I'm not going to surrender myself to that thought. I'm not going to surrender my commitments to just worship this gold image. For a few minutes. Because I have a greater purpose. I believe and I understand. That if God is for me. I believe nobody can ever stand against. 
brothers and sisters listening to me today. These three Hebrew boys, they had a belief in God that their God will come to save them. They trusted in God so much that they made this bold statement saying, even if he does not show up, we will still not worship. We will still not bow down. What happened? These three Hebrew boys, they were bound together, bound together put in the fiery furnace. But can I tell you, the fourth man started walking in between. The, 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 the flame was never greater than the grace of God that was in the fire. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you, you might be put in the fiery furnace, but always to understand the grace of heaven surrounds you. The hand of God surrounds you. If they touch you, they touch the apple of my eye. It's the proclamation of God's scriptures. If God is for me, who can be against me? The fourth man started to walk. Why? A bold conviction, a bold commitment, a bold declaration. Today, I declare it might be the fourth man or the fifth man in your house, in your family, in your business. But get ready to see the hand of God walk in your life when you make a bold decision with your own self today. No matter what the world has to offer, but I surround myself with the heavenly thoughts to fill me that I don't no longer walk in the ways of my old self. I am a changed person. I am a person of great value in Christ Jesus. If God is for me, who can be against me? My God is for me. My God is for my business. He's for my church. He's for my family. He's for my future. He's for my present. And if God is for me, who can be against us? Brothers and sisters, let's pray. And after we are done praying, we are going to do our child dedication. Can I have the, the, the worship team behind me during this time? The child dedication is a very special occasion for the life of our church, for the life of our families here. A lot of us, we gather in this room today because we want to honor, we want to respect, uh, and we want to celebrate this occasion with our loved one gathered here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the hearing of your word today. I pray, God, that as we proclaim this truth, I pray this word will come alive when we're actually facing those challenges in our life. And I pray that your grace will continue to strengthen all of us together. Once again, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Today, uh, for our child dedication, we have uh, three little ones that will be dedicated. And even as we dedicate the children, we also want to dedicate our parents and the commitment that they make in this, in this room. You know, in my, in my uh, ministry of life, I had the opportunity to dedicate several babies, but it's a, every time... When I get to hold these loved ones, uh, it's such a joy. It's, it's the purity of our heart that we want to bless these little ones. We want to bless our children for the work and the calling God has put in their, in their life. Listen, baby dedication is a wonderful moment in which parents take and make a public declaration, a public statement of faith to raise their child under God's grace and wisdom. And I, I pray that everybody will pay attention right now. No distraction in this room. Baby dedicates a very precious moment. We're asking the Holy Spirit to lead and take us and our children during this time. Baby dedicates a wonderful moment in which parents make a public statement of faith to raise their child under God's grace and wisdom. Listen, dedicating your child shows that you recognize 
Every gift in your life is a gift of heaven. Are you with me, church? When we do baby dedications, I know I'm going to speed up right now. A lot of our babies are getting a little bit here and there in the room. Um, baby dedication, you know, when we do it, we want to declare that every blessing in our life is a blessing of God. We want to take it back to God and say, God, thank you for you have blessed me. And I want to give it back to you saying, for what you have blessed me with will bless your people. For what you have blessed me with will bless this generation. With what you have blessed me with will bless the generations to, to come. Listen, God delights in little children. In the New Testament, we see Jesus said, let them come to me. Are you with me, church? Let them come to me. Do not stop them. Why? Because for them belongs to the kingdom of God. For them belongs the kingdom of God. Why? Because their heart is very pure. The thoughts are very pure. In the purity of the thoughts, as parents, we decide, you know what? I want to dedicate my child in the sight and the presence of God so that their life will be a life of change, an instrument of change in the places where God takes them. I pray that children will rise up in the space. I pray that children will rise up in our communities and our generations who would bring changes wherever God takes them and uses them. They are one of the greatest gifts He gives to husbands and wives. Psalm 127 verse 3 proclaims, Sons are a heritage from the Lord and children are a reward from Him. You know, I, I would like to add sons and daughters are a reward from God. Sons and daughters, the children God has blessed you with are a reward of God in your life. I know I've dedicated some parents and their children. Naturally, they were unable to conceive. Naturally, they were unable to give birth. But that did not stop them from embracing the love of fatherhood and motherhood by adopting a child. They brought this little one to me and said, Pastor, this might not be my blood and my DNA. Somebody else's. But today we believe that this child is blood washed in the same blood wash anointing that Christ has shared and poured for me. They adopted this child. They brought this child to be dedicated. That love that they are pouring into that child who once was an orphan, but now find the favor of God through these parents. And I'm here to pray for parents in this room. No matter what your circumstances may look like, the blessing God has given to us, we give it back to say, God, I want to thank you. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 7. Listen, Israel. It starts with listen, Israel. Who is Israel? You and me in the new covenant. You and me in the new covenant is listen, Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You must love the Lord your God with your whole mind, your whole being and your all, all, all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must be kept in your mind and teach them to your children. For generations to generation, 
Every Jewish home practiced this. Also from generation to generation. I believe every Muslim homes practice these scriptures in their baby dedications or whatever they do. But in this congregation today, I'm proclaiming, proclaiming this scripture because this scripture stands as a challenge to parents for generation to generation. Must proclaim Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 into your family. The Lord our God is God. He is one. You must love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your whole being and all your strength. These words that I'm commanding you today must be kept in mind and you must teach them to your children and speak of them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down and as you get up. I pray that you will highlight these scriptures. Parents who have already dedicated your children in this room, sometimes we tend to forget these scriptures. Highlight them today. It's a reminder to us.